anything other than give me all my money right now. Trust is probably the only way um, to get it done, but you can build in all these stipulations. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Glad to have you on Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George. He is Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and owner at Rosenbauer Law Office. And today we're going to talk about your children and when you should give them their money. This is a question I got to imagine, Nick. You know, we're both parents, so you know we still have a while until we have to probably think about this, um, at least for our children getting old enough to handle the money. But uh, the question in the debate has to always come up, like, when is the best time for me to actually give my children their money, right? Well, yes, um, and it's and the problem is, and Ben, you probably already realize this. There's no hard and fast answer, but I don't know. It depends. That's not a great answer either, is it? So that's yeah. that, that. Just sounds like the stereotypical lawyer wishy washy answer. And you know, so you're almost you're almost trying to predict the future, right? Like, I'm trying to sit there and say, what are my kids going to be like 30 years from now? And how's that going to play out? Which is, you know, there's no way to be perfect about this. There's no way to do it with 100% certainty. Um, but we'll we'll do our best to get it as close as possible. So we'll we'll walk through a number of, I guess, factors or things to at least go through your mind uh, when you're deciding this. And, and hopefully we we give you the best chance of success as as we humanly can. So like try to make it as much of an educated guess as possible. Right. So a bit of a checklist we'll go through today, like that you'd kind of run down with someone. That's kind of right. the, the plan. Okay. So you can find everything online again at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. So when the show's over, if you have questions, you want to schedule an appointment with Nick, you can do it all right there through the website, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. And you can call him as well at 513-463-6789. You know, I think it's it's important to point out too as we begin this conversation, like when you're working with an attorney, you know, and, and you sit down and you have those meetings about, hey, what am I going to do with this money for my children? A good attorney is not going to say, okay, well, how much do you want to leave for each kid? Okay, boom, 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 all done. A good attorney is going to say, okay, when, why, what for to go along with that, how much, right? Well, uh, yes. Yeah, so part of what the attorney, a good attorney, is supposed to do is understand your situation, then give you options. And not just, do you want to give the money to your kids or not? Um, but also get it to where you're making an educated or an informed decision. And part of that is, here's a whole bunch of options. Let me throw them against the wall and see what sticks. And also, if you go with door number one, here's how it would play out in real life. I know for me, I need examples or I need analogies. I don't like to conceptualize things. I'm actually not a creative artsy type. Um, I, I'm the total opposite. My whole family's engineers. I'm the lone black sheep, okay, who's who's not an engineer. Um, I was a math major for one semester in college. So there's a bit of a, a bit of a tidbit for you. So I, I consider myself like an estate planning engineer is really the way I go about it. Uh, but yes, a good attorney 
should lay options out on the table, basically give you a tour and, and, and say, here's four or five different ways to handle what you're thinking about and here's how they play out. What do you think makes the most sense or is the closest match to what you have in mind? Okay, very good. So let's run through these factors to consider when you're handling an inheritance with care. Um, I'll let you just kind of take me through a few of the ones that, you, that you're paying attention to and then you're working with clients on. Well, obviously, the first thing to think about is the who we're leaving money to. So the, the beneficiary, uh, I guess, is the technical phrase here. How old's the beneficiary? Are they two? Are they 22? Are they 52? Okay, obviously, that, you know, the, the playbook is a whole lot different there. You know, education level, you know, are they still in school? Um, are they smart? Are they not so smart? You know, I know my three-year-old, sometimes I like to think he's really smart, but then when I tell him where something is that he's looking for and he's holding it in his hand <laughs> and looks all around, but he can't find Bear or he can't find one of his favorite trucks, I kind of look at my wife, <laughs> you know, with those eyes like, are you kidding me? So who knows? Um, and then not just from education level as far as how smart you are, but have you completed education? We'll talk about why that is, you know, kind of important in a second. Their occupation Okay, someone who is hopping from job to job, doesn't have any money, never will, uh, they may approach a big inheritance differently than, you know, someone who is, you know, well-established and successful um, and doesn't need the money. Um, speaking of money, you know, just their overall maturity and their ability to handle finances, that all needs to be taken into place. And then, you know, if there's any like special or unique circumstances or landmines we need to walk around. So if they're disabled, uh, God forbid there's an addiction, you know, or a substance problem, maybe they have gambling problems. Um, what if they married a, like an abusive scumbag who's a loser and they're worried about divorce, so et cetera, et cetera. So just all those are all things that we need to think about when we're talking about the beneficiary, who we're leaving the money to. You also have to look in the mirror, Ben. Okay, so thinking about yourself, okay, okay that like like the current the client, if you will, when we're predicting the future, if I am talking to someone who's eighty eight years old versus someone who's thirty eight years old, you know, the question of when this will come into effect is a whole heck of a lot different, right? Um, or someone on their deathbed versus someone who runs marathons and you know should be around for fifty years. Um, and this one kind of falls in with it, uh, as far as the life expectancy, if you will. Um, but you know, if you have a guess on what their net worth might be, obviously you yeah. know what it is today, but if I'm 30 years old and I make $500,000 a year, uh, neither of those are true, by the way, I wish I was still <laughs> 30, uh, and I wish I made $500,000 a year. Um, but I am certainly older than that. I, I feel older than that. Um, uh, to be young again, right, Ben? Um, <laughs> ben saying we the digress. Same thing. Yes, exactly. right. I'm, I'm just shaking um, my head over here. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? If I had a 30 year old who was healthy and making a million dollars a year, then it is not unreasonable for me to be sitting here saying, "My goodness, how many millions of dollars are we going to be dealing with?" For someone who is 80 years old, they're retired. Okay, they they kind of are where they are, and and I have a much more accurate guess as to how much money is going to be left behind. 
And then also the concern that the client has for the inheritance and how it's used. Okay. Some people say, you know what? I don't care what they do with it. If they blow it, they blow it. I'll be dead. And, and Ben, you can't argue with them. Like, I can't care more than they do. Yeah. Um, and I also have people who say, oh, my goodness. If I worked 40, 50, 60 years every day to build up this nest egg, and then it got wasted or was gone within five years, I mean, and, and then they start tearing up right then and there, then that's obviously important to them. Yeah. Okay. And everyone's different. And Ben, there's no wrong answer for that. There's no right answer. So you got to be careful about that. And then also what we're giving, the type of assets important. Are we just talking money? Are we talking, you know, an antique memorabilia, like a collector or something passed down from the great grandparents? Um, are we talking a business? Oh boy, we hmm. can get into a whole <laughs> lot of conversation about passing a business down. Yeah. Uh, what about a house? Okay, you know, vacation home. We can set aside money for a kid fairly easily. I don't know how well I can set aside a house uh, with my three-year-old to take care of. Okay, so right. just something to keep in mind there. And then the value. Ben, giving someone $10,000 versus $10 million is going to change a lot. Yeah. Okay, obviously the more, you know, more money, I think the heavier this hits. Um, more money can certainly save someone's life and, and move the needle in a positive direction, but enough money can certainly ruin someone, something to be uh, considerate of. And then also, is there going to be ongoing management or effort or upkeep for what you're giving them? Obviously, money is what it is, but a business, that's different. Um, the vacation home, that's a big one. You know, is someone, everyone lives five hours away from the vacation condo in Hilton Head. Well, how the heck is someone going to keep that clean and keep the property taxes? And I was about to say mow the grass, but maybe hmm. rake the hmm. sand, right. I, I guess, in the front yard. Okay. So are you imposing work on them as opposed to just writing a check? Okay. So all these things, like I said, you got to consider the beneficiary. You got to consider the client or the current owner. You know, so the who, and you also got to consider the what. So what we're giving to them, and you can't really make an informed decision on how to set this up without knowing all three of those pieces. So there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. like you, you might be listening to this thinking, okay, there's probably a couple of things to think about, but that's a lot. And and again, this is just another reminder of why you work with an estate planning attorney that can actually sit down with you and work through all these different items, right? Rather than you logging onto a website and, and trying to punch in your name and, and, and trying to get a, a plan that works for you and, and, and meets your goals and your wishes and your values. So I think that's, that's like, you hear this, Nick, and I know we, there's a lot of things you say that, that kind of hammer that, that point home, but this is one of them. Like just that checklist itself, we haven't even gotten to the options that you might have to think about, which again shows you you know, the value of, of an estate planning attorney that has this experience, but it just shows you there's just so much out there that you aren't aware of. Well, exactly. And just, you know, what I like to say is we have tools in the toolbox, okay? You know, would you hire someone who has never built or designed a house before, you know, or would you just design it all yourself on a, on a napkin? I Maybe could. you could get it right. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you could, but the odds of you 
either messing it up or not getting it the best way. So sometimes you don't mess it up, but you could have done better. And, and you don't have someone who already has stubbed their toe and messed everything up in the world and, you know, has done this before. That's that's just like anything, yeah. obviously. And just, just having the knowledge, having the what if, and being able to say, what about this? I think that's where that's where the real value is. Right. All right. Let's let's keep talking about this a little bit further. So we've gone through like the the factors you have to consider. Now, what about the options that you have? So once you go through these things and figure out the beneficiary and your circumstances and the type of of uh, of estate you're trying to pass along, what options are you working through? What are some things that people might be able to do? Well, it's how, when, and why to give someone something. So obviously, the 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 first one is. Just give it to them outright, okay? So ready or not, here I come. When I die, equal shares to my kids, write them a check and be done with it. Um, and sometimes that's okay. You know, Ben, if you're 88 years old and, you know, you're talking to your wife and saying, shoot, the, the kids are in the 50s and 60s, what do I care? Then that may be just fine. Um, so next is delaying the distribution, um, and you can have a number of triggers, if you will, for, for delaying it. It can be based on someone reaching a certain age. So you could say, you know what, I'm not giving money to my daughter uh, until she's 25 years old because I think we got a better shot at age 25 of her being smart with the money than at 18. You can also do uh, a passage of time, and it's not necessarily based on the age. It's just and kind of something I do a lot is five years after both of us die, they get the money. And I don't care if they're 22 or 52. I don't want them going out and blowing it right away and doing things when they're emotional. I want them to take a breath and get settled and not you know, be spending all the money and seeing dollar signs at our funeral. So I've had people say, I don't care how old you are. They need to wait a couple years before they get it. Um, or you can have a specific event uh, or trigger from that standpoint. So I don't want someone to get $100,000 until they've gotten through school because that way I know the money will not cause them to drop out. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. We have people talk about that all the time. They say, I want to give them the money, but I don't want my inheritance to be the reason that they drop out of school. Okay, um, Or they need to get a job. You know, I want to give them money, but not if it means they quit work and just sit on the couch all day. Or, you know, marriage. You know, I want them to get married. I want to give them money to get married. Or here's a here's one, Ben. Okay. Kind of the dark humor, if you will, the flip side of that. I love my daughter, but she married the most good-for-nothing, rotten, lazy bum hmm. on the face of the planet. I do not want to give any money to her. Because the thought of her using it on him or the thought of him bullying her into giving it to him just makes me cringe. My daughter doesn't get a dime until she divorces that loser. Okay, so again, just throwing plenty of different um, scenarios out here. But you can certainly do when you reach a certain age or at this time, we set like a timer, or when this happens you get your money. So that's that's kind of the different tools in the toolbox from, you know, delaying the inheritance. 
That's interesting. Yeah, some, definitely some things <laughs> to think about. And I mean, I'm I'm sure you come across that. I mean, you you throw that that scenario out there, but I'm I'm guessing there are more parents than you'd think of that might take that approach with. Uh, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Children. It seems like people with daughters more so than sons. A lot of people who have boys, they typically say, "Oh, my my son married a good woman. I don't know how he convinced her." to marry him. I have a whole lot of families where their daughter married a loser much more than the son married a loser. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like the that's, guys that's are funny. more of the problem. I can believe uh, that. Not to sound, yeah, not to sound sexist, although I guess since I'm a guy, I guess it's okay to trash my own, <laughs> my own kind. I don't know. Um, but um, anyway, so that's one. And then dividing it, okay. that's another thing. So we delay it. We could divide it. Uh, obviously, the default is one lump sum. So here's 100% of your inheritance. Uh, you could do stages. That's something really popular. So not all at once. So maybe half now and half later. Or a third, a third, a third. You get a third of it at 25, a third of it at age 30, and a third of it at age 35, something like that. You know, So three slices of pie, right? You could do something to the effect of just a flat percentage or a flat dollar amount of what's left every year if you want something to go on for a longer period of time. So $10,000 a year till it runs out. Okay, so it's like a, a supplement or a safety net for someone's income. It's like a second job or uh, 10% a year of whatever it is. So, you know, if there's more money, if investments go well, you get a bonus. If not, we tighten it up. I've also had situations where people want something to go on long term. You know, and whatever the income from these investments or these rental property is, you get the profit, you get the income, but we never touch the nest egg. Okay. We never dip into the principal balance, so to speak. So I want something to be like a second income for them for the rest of their lives. Okay. So again, number of ways to divide it up um, and not give you the whole pie uh, all at one time. Okay. So you got delayed. You got divided, then you can also do what? Specific purposes? Yeah, you can do it just for a certain reason. Um, so, you know, typically, like I want the money to be used just for their basic support needs. So to take care of them only. Um, and usually, you know, your trustee, someone has to have some discretion on this. Because if you say, I don't want to dump money into the lap of an 18-year-old, but I want money to be there to help pay for college and things like that and, and, and things that are appropriate, you have to have someone else who authorizes that. Okay, so thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, so when they say, I need money for a car, the trustee has to write them a check and say, here's 5000 or here's 50000 or here's 500000 So you need to be able to count on someone else's judgment. Obviously, education or tuition costs, that's extremely common. I'll have people say, you know what? I don't know if I want them to party it up and, and go to the casino, but I'd like to have money set aside to make sure that they could get tuition paid for and go to college. Okay, that's what this money's for. Um, emergencies only. I've had people say, I don't really want my kids or grandkids to mooch off me. I want them to make their own way, but this money can be a safety net. If something horrific happens or they're disabled or they have a cancer diagnosis, then I want this money to be a backup for an emergency. 
Um, and then another a number of things, Ben, that 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 probably are not surprising. I want money to help buy their first house or pay for the wedding or if they're going to start a business, I'll give them, you know, they can use a little bit of money for that. So again, and again, the the possibilities are endless here. Um, but you can say, this is what this money's used for, not here's your check, do with it whatever the heck you want. Yeah. All right. So those are your options. So actually, how do you actually execute this then? So you, you've gone through everything. What are the, the ways to actually get this done now? Well, and for those people who have listened to a lot of our episodes, they've probably already seen or heard us talk about all this. Um, but if you did, there are ways to do the direct outright distribution. So all at once, ready or not, here I come, no restrictions. Uh, last will and testament, not ideal, but it can get that done. Uh, beneficiary designations can get that done. Um, and then for real estate, depending on your state, because not every state lets you do this, but some states let you put a transfer on death or basically a beneficiary arrangement on a house. Ohio's has one of the best laws in the country, not to be a homer uh, here, <laughs> you know, for the great state of Ohio. Um, but there are some states that allow you to basically put a beneficiary on a house um, and it'll bypass probate. But the problem is those things do outright distributions only. Now, as far as stipulations or holdbacks or some now, some later, so anything other than give me all my money right now, trust is probably the only way um, to get it done, but you can build in all these stipulations. Um, And a lot of times you rely on the discretion or the judgment of someone else, okay, like a trustee. Like how can you define help take care of emergency needs for my son? What what are emergency needs, Ben? How do I know this is an emergency? So you yeah. you a lot of times you can only define so much. You also have to rely on the judgment or the discretion of someone else. Um, and then kind of the last thing, I know this is a, a very small portion of it, um, but for a business, um, then the organizational or the, the governing documents like the operating agreement and things like that within the business can also have their internal arrangements. Okay. So there can be arrangements within the organizational documents saying, here's how the business passes and here's who it goes to and here's how they assume control. Doesn't work that way for much else, but uh, if a business has, you know, good governing and and corporate documents that can be oftentimes written into the business outside of the estate plan. Well, the other way to get it done is to just reach out to Nick directly. CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can call him at 513-463-6789. But there is a lot to consider here when you're thinking about how and when to give your children their money. And there's a lot of consideration. So hopefully this gives you kind of a checklist of what you're going to go through and what to expect to talk about when you meet with Nick or meet with your estate planning attorney. But if you're not talking about these things, make sure you do have these conversations to make sure you get it right and get it done the way you want to get it done. So very good conversation, Nick. And I appreciate you taking me through this. And I encourage everyone to please subscribe to the podcast. We've got a lot of great feedback. Love hearing from people that have questions for Nick and, and, and want to follow up on things we've discussed here on the show. And uh, we always encourage you to just to find Nick online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Hit that schedule a meeting button. It's right there on the front. Very easy to do. And you can be talking to to Nick in no time. So, Nick, thanks again for this. Uh, appreciate it. I know it's a complicated issue and can be a lot of layers to it, but I, you did a good job kind of taking us through that. 
Yeah, well, absolutely. And and you probably realize some of this is as educated of a guess as we can make. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, not all of this is extremely exact. Okay, so we're just, we're going to stack the deck in our favor. Okay, for those who don't know, Ben and I, our kids are young. Okay, my three-year-old and my two-month-old, I have no clue what they're going to be when they're in their 20s. So I have no idea if they're going to be good or if they're going to be blowing money. So we, we do our best with the information we have to make as educated of as a decision as possible. Let's go through all of it. Let's stack the deck in our favor and let's play the odds. Okay, right. So again, walk through this with someone who knows what they're doing and says, here's all the things we can look at. Here's all the things we have to worry about. What is the best decision we can make with all the information on the table? And that's that's exactly the way to go about it. All right. There you have it. This has been another episode of Complete Estate Planning. Thank you for listening as always. And Nick, appreciate your time. We will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Catch you next time. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.